Awesome. So I'm going to, uh, I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to ask that you guys stretch forth your hands and pray for me because uh, I have a prophetic message to bring from the Lord that's been two weeks in the making and it's timely and there's actually a, a room full of intercessors back in the little prayer room uh, groaning and praying right now for this word uh, to come forth. When I uh, got in my car this morning, I just uh, heard that verse from Jeremiah is not my word like a hammer, is not my word like a fire, and a hammer so that can break the rocks to pieces. And I'm just praying if there's any stony places that his word, the delivery of this prophetic word would bring life and freedom into this place as we prepare uh, for 2020. So Lord, I ask you for divine utterance. Lord, I don't want one word to be of the flesh or my own. Lord, I pray, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer as I recite my verses for the king because you are the worthy one. Lord, I pray for a prophetic spirit in this room. I pray for ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to perceive. I pray for open hearts in this room to hear and receive the word of the Lord. Lord, we are in one of the most exciting but yet sobering eras to ever descend in human history. Lord, I thank you right now that there are two angels up on this stage that star saw, one over here and one over here. Lord, one over here named Abner, whose name means he is light, or he brings light. And then Jared, which means he has descended. So, Lord, thank you for help. Thank you for these bookends to strengthen the word of the Lord. It says in your word, your Hebrews, your ministers are like serving as servants who are flames of fire, Lord. We need the ministering servants here in this place to cut off what is not of you. And I'm aware that there's a war right above us. Lord, and so I pray for freedom. I pray you give me freedom and utterance to give the word of the Lord today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. So um, Brad and Carrie, you guys still in here? Okay, so at some point I'm gonna have you, you guys are part of my word today to come up and do what we talked about on the phone last night. Brad, so get you guys get ready to plug Love After Marriage because it's part of the, word that's coming like a hammer and a fire today. So uh, I just been hearing this phrase, prepare him room from joy to the world. Since we're coming out of a simple Christmas, we're headed into our New Year's Eve uh, service on Tuesday. Jen has been asking us to, uh, for weeks now, to ask the Lord for a word for 2020. There's going to be uh, uh, big sheets of paper, white paper on the wall, and we'll be able to write down those prophetic words and uh, the Lord gave me this word, prepare as my word for 2020. You each are going to get different words. And I just want to encourage you, uh, we are such, uh, I'm just going to say it like this, we're not very good Jews. We are pretty good Greeks. We're not very good Jews. And that Jewish understanding, remember, we've been grafted in. We're one new man grafted in. Jewish Hebraic understanding uh, doesn't minimize 
uh, an individual word, but it recognizes the corporate impact as well. So sometimes when someone gives, like, my word is this, we then diminish everyone else's word. Well, your word is different from mine. What we have to do is celebrate every word that's given, but also... There's both individual, and I want to give a corporate word. There's a corporate word over this house for 2020 that is one word. It's the word prepare. He gave that to me in my encounter uh, in Dallas where uh, you guys have heard that, but for four hours from 2 a.m. to 6 uh, a.m., the the cloud, the cloud, all I can describe it is the cloud of God's glory came into my room, woke me up from a dead sleep, scared the bejeebers out of me, and it descended upon me, and I shook violently for four hours, and the Lord told me we're not ready for the movement. There's an angel of movement in our midst, and we're not ready for what's coming. He told me on the floor this morning, clearly, that we, he said, Marvin, you guys can't yet contain what I want to pour out. And I knew it wasn't a rebuke as much as it was a dangling of like a diamond before me. Would you get ready? I want you to be able to contain, uh, be able to contain so that nothing is lost, so that we can give it out to the region and ultimately to the nations of the earth. So my word that Jen asked us to do is prepare prepare. I think it's a corporate, I feel it's very personal for me, but I know for sure it's a corporate word uh, for us. So I'm calling this message today, it's a prophetic word from heaven called Prepare 2020. So uh, last week, uh, the Lord woke me up at about five in the morning, as many, many mornings, I, he wakes me up early, and it's, I don't understand it, but uh, I just know as I'm waking up and that whether I'm, it's like Paul said, whether I'm in the body or not, I don't know. It's like whether I'm awake or asleep, I don't really know. But as I'm waking up, I often will hear the still small voice of the Lord give me a directive for the day. And that morning, about five in the morning, the Lord woke me up with this just gentle nudging. He said, uh, Marvin, ask me how to prepare. Ask me how to prepare. And I knew the word for this year was prepare, but there was an invitation for how do we get ready if, if truly something great and terrifying is coming both to our body, our family. And by terrifying, I mean when the Lord suddenly comes into the temple, all fall down and cry glory. All fall down. It's a holy siege where none of us come out the same. He takes over. What does it look like for God to take over a people? So when he appears, he will be, this is now I'm in Malachi for some reason, Malachi, he will be like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's soap. Who can endure the day of his appearing? And I want to tell you, he has descended. He has descended. God is building an ark here, a place of rest. So he asked me to ask him, how to get ready, how, if I know for sure, and I don't mean it as a diminishment, and I don't mean it grandiose or dramatic at all, I know for sure we cannot contain what the Lord wants to do in this place. We're not yet ready, but he's getting us ready. It's why it keeps coming to me over and over and over. I believe he's given us Joshua chapter 3 as a blueprint to get ready. I believe we have all of 2020 
to get ready. I mean, I think he will visit. I believe if we open up that prayer room six days a week, this is open on Sundays, I think he will visit us seven days a week. I don't think it's exclusive to this room on Sundays. The spirit, the way the Spirit is moving, he wants to move every day of the week. He is Lord of all seven days. He wants to move so dramatically. But in uh, Joshua 3, I'm still stuck on Shay's message from a few weeks back that she prophesied. We've gone from living in seasons to we've shifted into an era. I was thinking about it, Shay, on the way to church here. Again, we've truly, you know, seasons go by so quickly. Seasons change, can change, especially in Indiana, so rapidly. But eras, think about the era. I was thinking about, uh, I listened to part of Queen Elizabeth's uh, Christmas address. She's just such a classy lady. So listening to that, man, this this queen has reigned for decades and decades. It's an era. Her reign is an era. God is prophesying. He wants the well to stop going from season to season where we're happy here, we're upset here, we're offended here. He wants to move us out of seasonal thinking into an era of reigning, an era of reigning in this region, into an era Decades after decades until the Lord returns. He wants us to go up and claim the mountain and not be moved. He's going to release a Caleb spirit in this place, a Joshua spirit in this place where we say we can take that mountain. You know, the seven mountains, the seven spirits of influence, there's an invitation. List keeps prophesying this to me every single week. There's an invitation to this family to climb every one of those seven mountains, education, entertainment, government, politics, the church, all of those seven different spheres of influence for us to go up every mountain and seize it like Joshua and Caleb said, I'm getting my mountain. To rule and reign, not just for a season where we're on the top and then we're just on the bottom of the Ferris wheel again. He wants us to move into this era of reigning with him. I believe Joshua 3 talks about how do you prepare for an era that's new and different. The 40 years of Moses with Moses and the children, they just went from season to season of going around the same cycles. When Joshua stepped into the promise in in Joshua 3, he was ready to move into an era. You with me? Let's look at this. Joshua 3. You guys can turn there in your phones. Let the looker understand. Here we go, Joshua 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. Now I want to stop there, press pause. This is a sign and a wonder. Come on. Joshua, a leader, rose early in the morning. Only God wakes up leaders early in the morning. Do you know, I used to, I laugh at Tori because like his sweet time is about waking up at what, 11 and then you'll stay up and, like, go and go and go. I used to be that way. That used to be my life. Like, I, my sweet spot, I used to say, I don't believe the anointing exists until after 10 a.m. and two cups of coffee in that order. But now I am up at 5, 5.30 every single morning. The Lord wakes me up. This has been going on for four or five years now where my life has shifted into that early morning time spent with the Lord. So I love this. Joshua, the leader, rose early in the morning. Only God could do that. 
And it says, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to Jordan. He and all, look at this, all the children of Israel. No one left behind. No one left behind. Joshua got up, he and all the leaders, and they all went on this journey of crossing over into a new era, and no one left behind. Verse 2, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. So they get to their destination. They're on the border of their promise. They're right there. They're three days. There's something so significant about three days. Jesus was in, in transition in three days, wrestling, going into the bowels of hell, preaching, and then ascending, resurrected, resurrecting on that third day. There's something about three days of preparation. We are in a preparation season. I believe this week is a preparation for the Holy Spirit Summons Conference. Actually, again, it's not a conference. It's a convocation where God is assembling the people. I want to encourage you, get your friends and be here for Friday, uh, Saturday, and even Sunday morning. We're doing that. We're just giving God the service next week. That sounds like duh, but really we're giving him the service from 930 on all the agendas out and he's going to do what he does next week. So come be ready. I think we're in a season, uh, sorry, an era of preparation moving into this. So the officers, the leaders went through the camp. They commanded the people saying, listen to this. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. So important. Guys, the Ark of the Covenant represents the manifest presence of the Lord. Here at the well, our number one thing is what we're calling praying. Really, it's prayer and worship and the prophetic. It's ministry to the Lord is our highest priority. Ministry to the Lord both day and night, night and day, because he is worthy. Ministry to the Lord. And so a picture of ministry to the Lord is found in the priestly ministry in both the Old Covenant. And then we'll talk in a few minutes, actually, for all of January and February, we're going to go into this about the priesthood of all believers. It's such a beautiful thing, but the picture of the ark, you have to see it as the flaming, glorious, manifest presence. If you need a picture, we don't do icons, but if you need a picture of what this terrifyingly beautiful presence of God looks, it's the glory resting on this ark. And the ark is taken from out of the tabernacle, behind a curtain, and it's set on display for all of people, the people to see. And it's the priesthood, it's the Levites who are commissioned to bear this up and carry it. And he says, when you see the people doing that, go after it. Well, family, look at me. When you see the ark shift and move, do not stay where you've been for years in complacency or even in past revivals, go after the presence of God. Go after the presence of God. Don't stay feasting on yesterday's manna. I, Sally and I are uh, students of revival history. We love it. We've gleaned so much. But a lot of it I've gleaned what not to do, how not to shut it down, 
One thing I know, you don't remain at an old, dry, empty well that's not producing anything or that's bearing bitter waters. You move. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, when there's movement, when the angel of movement is going, we go. And no one left behind, we go together. Someone's finally going to have to buy me one of those, say or do one of those African-American, like, glory rags. I need one. Come on. Come on, Jerry. Help me, brother. If we're going to do black church more, we really got to do this. Come on. Someone better say amen. (laughs) I see that. Come on. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have fun. Oh, my gosh, Jen. This is going to be fun. You know what he does? It's like anesthesia. Fun is like anesthesia. He gives you a little bit, then bam, he gets right in there. That's how the prophetic is. Okay, so go after it, guys. And then he says, listen, this is so interesting. Verse 4, he says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. He's talking to the crowds of people. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. This is a word from heaven for us. We, the well, I believe, CFTN, uh, church all nations, everything, like every nation church, whatever this church has been before, we have not been this way before. We have not been this way before. There is no model, there is no grid from the past for us to look to. We have not been this way before. And so sometimes it's awkward and it takes space and time. And this verse is not about elitism where you say, oh, we get the worship team and they get to go before rest of the people. The reason why in that, that uh, cubits, it was, a ha- it was only a half mile. Think about it, there were thousands and thousands of people. You had to put them out a little bit in front. And they were doing the hard work. Those priests were bearing up the weight of God's glory upon their shoulders. So beautiful, but costly. And it was work. This is going to be work in 2020. But it's going to be glorious. It's going to produce an eternal weight of glory on the inside of us. So they're out about a half mile. Oh, you did it. And Bert, it's, wow, is this a cleaning rack? (laughs) It's clean. Lord, we pronounce this clean in the mighty name of Jesus. It's yellow for glory, right? It's presence. That's right. Yellow is presence. Woo! Now we're going to have fun. Okay. So about a, a half mile in front, why? So that everyone would know this is where we need to go. Guys, when there's awkward transition, there's a tendency for people to get weirded out and uncomfortable and begin to break ranks and, and uh, crowd out and push ahead of the agenda of God. I'm going to say this as kindly and respectfully as I can. Back off. Give, give us room to get the ark established as the predominant and primary thing that we do here. If you do that, I promise you will not regret it. Because as, as Obed-Edom understood, when he brought the ark into his house, his entire family and household prospered. 
everything blossomed and bloomed when the ark was in his house. If we give the ark, meaning his, in new, new covenant terms, the presence of Jesus, Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory in our midst. If we give that preeminence, everything blooms and blossoms. Does it mean we don't have trials? No, but he gives us help and hope. And uh, there's, I tell you, there will be a lot less warfare. Second heaven stuff gets shut down when we make Jesus the primary thing that we are going after. We don't even look at it anymore. He becomes so much more interesting. So, we don't want to rush ahead of priestly ministry. In times of transition, it's so easy to say, we've got to go do something else. There's not enough happening. What, you're going to tell me 12 prayer meetings a week, six hours a day is not, not doing anything? I've had this argument from people for 20 years. Like, what? I've had a family member tell me, you have wasted your life, Marvin. I'm like, well, in the sense of John chapter 12, Mary of Bethany, bam, yes, I have <laughs> wasted my life. That didn't fly over too well. I got kind of, honestly, I got cussed out for that one. I better start waving the glory. If we're going to take the mask off, Shay, we better just start getting real. I'm serious, though. Anyway, there, there is a cost. And it is wasteful in the sense of it costs us time, energy. But it is the one thing that he desires. So do not rush ahead of the priestly. But guys, when he said, Marvin asked me how to prepare, this is the verse I've been hearing for weeks. Verse 5, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves today. For tomorrow, I'm going to do wonders among you. How do we prepare for movement? How do we prepare for hosting the presence of God in a region? We sanctify ourselves, consecrate ourselves. It's an invitation to a deep, rending of the heart, a tearing of the flesh. Guys, when the Lord says you're not yet ready, you can't contain what I want to do, so much of it has to do with our, our, the way we get so easily offended in this place the way we slip the tongue and talk bad about each other, the way we gossip and call it prophetic knowledge, the way we judge in our heart but put a smile in our face, the way we hold hands with the spirit of fear which makes us paralyzed to deal with our relational issues with each other. We're not ready. The good thing is he's wanting to get us ready. He's invited us into this season. I believe, I believe the house of prayer is both the answer and the problem. I think it's the answer is we get, it's a greenhouse where he, he brings, 
he shines the gold and he brings the dross to the surface. But also in that room is where every single thing comes up. So because this, this, you know, God is light. He's like the sun. What happens when a fair-skinned person uh, has no uh, sunscreen on and they go stand in 80 degrees sun? What happens? You get burned. Do you know what happens in the prayer room? If you're not prepared, you get sunburned. You go like, ugh, this is horrible. This is you, Marvin, you said, you said Isaiah 56, I'll make you joyful in the house of prayer. This is ah. No, you got a sunburn. And it's painful because the Lord is bringing stuff to the surface. Poison, insecurities, insignificant performance. Guys, this this place. And we're talking priestly ministry, the Levitical ministry. Our, our worship has to be purified. There cannot be an ounce of performance in this place. An ounce of performance. He so wants to move. This is the way. He said, ask me how to prepare, and I knew the answer was Joshua 3, verse 5. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do signs and wonders. And then verse 6, then Joshua spoke to the priest, take up the ark and cross over. I want to talk to our worship team for a minute. Anyone serving on any of the teams coming up and dwell? This is so cool. We have 12, 12 teams assembled. We have amazing worship here, but I want to talk to you worshipers which includes those doing flags, the artist, all this is worship. Do not think worship is just playing some notes up here. It's time to take up the ark and cross over. If you guys don't do it, we can't go. If this team doesn't do it, we can't go. The cool thing, we're all, it says in First uh, uh, Peter, we're all the um, priesthood, we're the priesthood of all believers together. But there's something about the anointing on worship in this worshiping arts community that if they're not ready, meaning your hearts aren't ready, there's offense, there's slander, we cannot get the presence of God. He will not allow us to go where we need to go. We can't get there. We can do six hours a day for the next year and not move one inch. We'll still be stuck on that side of the Jordan. Are you hearing me? We have to be able to go. And if the priest, priest won't go, uh, our prodigals are never going to be able to get in line and come behind us. So key. It's time. Here's the cool thing I love, part B of that. So they took up the ark, and they went before the people. Guess what's going to happen here? Starting January 7th, 6th, one of those days, Monday the 6th, we're going to take up the ark, and we're going to go. That little room for now, three hours, 9 a.m. to noon, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., we're going to be set our hearts before the Lord and we're going to cross over in 2020. Verse 7 through 8 just talks about 
a word uh, to Joshua saying, I'm going to exalt you. I felt like the Lord told me, he said, Marvin, if you guys do this, if we get performance, uh, if we get performance, we did out. And this is not a word that I think the worship team is performing. I think anytime we fake it with each other, that's performance. That's putting a mask on. That's actually the root word from hypocrite. It's acting. And I just feel like, man, we are on a short leash with Papa right now where he's telling us to get real. And I think he says, if you do this, I'm going to exalt the well. I don't know what that means, but the fear of the Lord came on me. He said, Marvin, if you make, if you guys will make preparing by getting the mixture out, dealing with these things, working on your relationships, if you make that the priority, I'm going to exalt the well. It wasn't about a leader. He meant the, the well. He wants the well to be a leader in this region. Not that we are better than anyone else. I just think we're kind of crazy that we would be willing to do a sacrifice like this. Well, even the disciples called Mary of Bethany crazy. Said, what a foolish waste. Yeah. Yes. So I believe the Lord's going to exalt us. And then verse, I'm going to leave the rest of that for verse 9 through 13 for you guys to read. One interesting thing, it talks about um, verse 12. Now, therefore, take yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet uh, rest in the waters that the waters will part and everyone will pass through on dry ground. You know what's interesting? We have 12, 12 gatekeepers that have volunteered to do three hours, morning through at 12. We just, I just think that's a cool little prophetic kiss from the Lord there. We have 12 gatekeepers and 12 is the government of God because I've been calling them. Gatekeepers are asking, well, what do we do? Am I just like, you are the government of the prayer room. You're helping create and steward an environment where Jesus gets the spotlight and we press into the prophetic spirit and we pray. It's going to take movement. It's going to take us uh, crossing over and pressing in. Okay, I want to talk about this real quick. So I, I alluded to this in... Uh, in January and February, we're going to go into a series called Awakening the Priesthood. And it's all going to be like us coming into alignment with we are the priesthood of all believers. It's going to be so encouraging. Uh, I think part of how we're, we move forward in this new season, how we prepare is relational and heart preparation, learning how to deal with conflict, godly conflict resolution. Part of my... Uh, my time with the Lord last week was realizing how much fear there is in relationships here. I mean, not the good fear. How do I know? How does someone know when there's fear? So the, the promise is that he wants to perfect love among us. He wants love perfected in this place. Who would agree with that? Let love be perfected among us. How do I know when there's fear winning over love, even though it's temporary, because someone comes and talks to me about another person, about another person that they have not talked to that person, talked directly with that person. 
I can't tell you how many times it happens. And you guys are telling me that it's happening, so I'm the third person to hear it. So it's like happening over and over. I don't mean it bad at all. It just it makes me a little sad because it's showing me fear is winning over love in this place. The Bible is clear. Hear me, saints. The Bible is clear. Red letter words of Jesus, Matthew 18. If your brother has sinned against you or sister, you go directly to that person first thing. First thing. Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him. Talk to him about it. Tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. Most of the time, that works. It, it's that simple. We just have to believe his word. If some, something pricked your heart, uh, sometimes you just need to ask, is this me just being easily offended, and you need to be the one to repent? But if they're truly, sometimes we bump up against each other and we sin. Can we just call it sin? We blow it with each other. I have to repent. My gosh, I have to repent to my kids at least once a day to one of them because I blew it. I sinned. I got in the flesh, I did something, I hurt their feelings, and I know it, and I felt like the disconnect, and I, I don't want a gap in relationships. So I, I uh, that usually, Jenny is so good. Are you in here, Jenny? She's so good at coming to us if one of us blew it and trying to say, this is what happened. There's my daughter who's good at confrontation. Jenny, you do godly confrontation really well. She'll be, she'll be this, is, this is what you said. It's how it made me feel and it created distance, and it hurt my heart. And my gosh, she's so precious. I'd be like, I'd be like sobbing, like, I'm so sorry, sweetie. Yes, absolutely. Like, there's a way to deal with those things. And sometimes it's about, I mean, I want to encourage everyone, eat up anything by Danny Silk that you can about relational wholeness and how to deal uh, with conflict, because it's about owning, like, this is the way it made me feel. You said this, just facts, and, but this is how I heard it, or how it made me feel, can we talk about it? One-on-one, -on -one, you go do that. Okay, now sometimes things are, get a little bit bigger than that. It says, if that person won't hear you, take one or two more. So, so many times we jump in and say, Pastor, I need you to come with me to do this confrontation because I don't feel safe. Most of the time, 90% of the time, that just means you're hand-holding with fear and you don't want to do the hard work of relationship. Can I get an amen? I don't want to do the hard work of relationship, so let someone else come and take the hit for me. That is never going to have let love be perfected in our midst. I think part of this sanctification is learning to get rid of that ugly spirit of fear and learning to deal with heart disconnect between each other. We cannot go. If we don't all go together, we're not, it's not going to happen. And we won't go. We will be stuck in mud ruts along the side of the road, unable to move. Someone was telling me, I think, Michelle, about the number of car breakdowns over the last week. Like, we will have so many vehicle breakdowns. We won't be able to go where the Lord wants to take us because we will be stuck uh, in, in ditches on the side of the road caused by a fence. And I tell you, 90% of it is vain imagination. Where we create, we listen to the accuser of the brethren who's wanting to divide and conquer. It works all the time. Sometimes you do need to take two or three, uh, one or two, 
And so but that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And then if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Let it become a corporate matter. Bring it before the government, before the elders. If he refuses to hear then, and selling have had this happen before where we went through with a person, the Matthew 18 process, who was in extreme sexual sin. And we did this steps beautifully, I promise, with each one of these. And this person was proud and arrogant and would not repent would not admit and would not repent. We had proof, all of that. And we pleaded for this person to get clean and be just be restored because we love this person. We had to actually go through this entire step where we actually ended up bringing it before the church and disfellowshipping this person. Red letter words of Jesus. I hope that never, ever happen, has to happen to me again. It's the most horrible thing. But I'm willing to do his word. His word works when we let it. So dealing with godly conflict resolution, Brad, if you would come up, or Brad and Carrie, I feel like one of the very best vehicles we have uh, in this region is this ministry called Love After Marriage uh, that Brad and Carrie help run. And just come up here, guys, with me. We're so grateful for you guys. So grateful that you've done the hard work in your marriage, and you guys have become a picture for so many other couples and families, and that truly it's a Malachi uh, God restoring the hearts of the fathers back to the children, children to the fathers, husbands to wives, wives to husbands. So it's a beautiful thing. And so I believe when I heard about this uh, word prepare and about sanctification, it, it has to be real and lived out someplace where more than marriage is sanctification lived out. So I really want to honor you too and for... Um, for leading in this region and seeing, man, you guys have so much fruit of doing the hard work where there's a line of marriages restored behind you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And and so you're getting ready to start uh, a new session of Love After Marriage. It's going to be at our, our best friends at Indy Vineyard. And so um, so just talk about anyone in this room who wants to be a part of that and I don't know if you guys can find that slide that we run during announcements. If you could throw that up there behind us, I'd appreciate that. So, Brad and Carrie, how, like, why, why would this be part of how we deal with relational conflict, get our hearts ready, work it out in our marriage? Why should we do that? How can we jump in? Good. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I tell you what, the the big focus that we um, that we really dial in on is the Holy Spirit, for sure. And so, it's it's literally just getting back to the basics of like what what are we here for, right? We're here to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as our as ourselves, right? And we so the basically the whole the whole process is bringing the Holy Spirit into like exposing everything. Um, and so, yeah, just the, uh, they have actually, so they're, um, the Love After Marriage um, workshop by Barry and Lori Burns uh, is birthed out of uh, Bethel um, in Redding, California, and they changed their, they actually um, started a ministry called Nothing Hidden Ministries because of the fact that they're like, nothing happens unless everything is exposed. I got the app on my phone, you should get it. Right, get app. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, um, we have seen so many amazing healings over the years and, and sustainable, yeah, of the relationships. Amen. Amen. 
Um, and so we're just inviting uh, January 7th. It's a 14-week uh, series. Um, and we, we need for, basically, we just need to understand, everybody understand that you, because um, we've had confusion in the past of, like, we need people to um, sign up before and it's not, and, and commit, because it's not something that you can jump into later. It's not a, it's not like a class where you're just like, yeah, I can come in whenever I want. So just need to make sure that nobody under, misunderstands that. Um, but it's January 7th through April 14th on Tuesday nights. At the vineyard. So, and we'll be available after the service to, if anybody wants to come and ask questions or sign up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have, yeah, about five more couples so far. So, and we'll be over at the vineyard. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you guys. I appreciate it so much. So, uh, they did it at the well last time. So, they kind of go back and forth. And we had a number of well couples. I don't think we have anyone from the well yet doing this. So we really, we want, we want to invest some of you to invest in your marriage and uh, to grab your husband, grab your wife and go, go do this as your family group. It would probably be one of the, not probably, it would be one of the best uh, investments of your um, time possible. That's good. Okay. So let's all stand together. Guys, go after the ark. Go for the presence of God. We won't have healthy, we won't have missional, we won't even have family unless we go for the presence. Go for the ark. Just want to encourage you guys to spend time this weekend as we prepare for the New Year's Eve gathering together as we prepare for the Holy Spirit summons, convocation. You'd spend time in Joshua 3 about crossing over. We are about, we're at a historic moment, I believe, where we are about ready to cross over into a new era of ruling and reigning with Jesus. And we don't yet have the capacity to contain what is the deepest dream and desire of his heart, but we say yes. We're getting ready. I just, I implore you, family at the well, whatever you need to do to get relationships clean, whatever you need to humble yourself to get rid of vain imaginations, stop hand-holding with the spirit of insecurity and fear. Do it. 
consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow the Lord wants to do signs and wonders among us. The Lord, there is an angel of movement that's been released in this place. And it's a movement for an era. He's wanting our foundations to be strong. Lord, I pray for a strong spirit of repentance. I pray that repentance would not be a dirty word in our midst. I pray that we would embrace the girding up of our robes and getting ready to run. Lord, I ask you'd mark us. Mark this place with the fear of the Lord and with holiness. We would sanctify and make ourselves holy before you. Lord, we just present ourselves. Here we are, Lord. I love the prayer from the Psalms that says, David said, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Lord, can you just pray that with me? Lord, give us an undivided heart. Lord, remove any duality, any double-mindedness, any dual nature from us. Give us an undivided heart. Give us unity in our heart. Give us unity in this body, God. Lord, give the worship community unity here, Lord. Give the prophetic community unity here, God. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one so we can move into the dreams and the destiny of your heart, Lord. Lord, I implore you, do a deep work of love. Would you perfect love among us? Lord, I pray for the perfecting of love in this place. Let love abound still more and more. Lord, I pray marriages would be restored in 2020. Lord, I pray for hard places and relationships to be smoothed over in 2020. There'd, there'd be great understanding. Lord, I rebuke a corporate spirit of fear off the well that makes us uh, paralyzed to deal with relational conflict. Pray courage. I pray courage into the brethren today. Courage to deal. Courage to speak. Courage to be the first one to go. Courage. Courage. Like my brother who came up here to give that word. Courage to get out of the comfort zone. Courage. Courage. Courage, especially on the men. Lord, I pray courage for the men to lead their families. Courage to fight for marriages and fight for relationships with their kids to be restored. Courage to lead the bride. Courage. Courage, Lord, in the place of fear. Guys, just do one more thing with me. I want to fight for the young adults. I just believe there's been a corporate attack on our young adult community to divide and conquer. This is not, no one's told me this. This is not stuff that they've asked me to say. I just, I'm a dad and I watch stuff. I just believe. Here's the thing. Most people would look and go, everything's great. I just can't deal like that. 
I can't be that. If I know I'm a feeler, so if I know there's relational disconnect and one group doesn't like this group or there's just vain imaginations, it's just a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little poison, a little slander, a little gossip will destroy the entire thing. Would you guys just wage war? I believe... I believe the young adults are supposed to lead a movement in this region. I believe the young adults are supposed to lead, really lead in the house of prayer. And I, I think that there's just a spirit of division that wants to, wants to keep them unable to contain and lead, lead what the Lord is doing. Bob Jones said years ago, um, to a people without mixture. The Lord said this to Bob. He said, Bob, to people without mixture, I will give my spirit without measure. Imagine a young adult ministry where there's zero mixture. No one's insecure. They all actually like each other. Like how refreshing would that be for a region? So Lord, right now, come on, saints, just pray in the spirit with me. Pray, decree God's word over them. Lord, I fight for the young adults in this place, Lord. I'm not afraid to hit this, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, break the back of the divider, Lord. Break the back of the accuser of the brethren. Oh, Lord, prepare us. Prepare us, Lord. I pray for an outpouring of revival in their midst, Lord. I pray they would be known for love. They would be known for health. They would be known for dealing in a godly way with one another, Lord. I fight for these children, Lord. I fight for my sons and daughters that they would be presented as priests before you, that they could bear the weight of the ark. God, we have so many young people getting ready to step out into the house of prayer. God, my prayer, let them be able to bear the weight of the ark without it crushing them, to be able to stand strong and carry your glory. Even as Liam was praying and prophesying this morning, God, let them be strong to carry your glory, Lord. I pray for a holy move of God among the young adults at the well, that they would lead this region as the ones in whom this world is not worthy. God says you are the ones of whom this world is not worthy. Rise up, young adults. In fact, here's what we're going to do. We're just throwing out normal ministry time. Anyone 35 and under, I just want you to come stand up here in the front. We're just going to contend and fight for your lives. We're going to fight as though your life depends upon it. First of all, I am shocked right now. Look at this. Wow. First of all, I just rebuked the spirit of lying because I know some of y'all are older than 35. I'm just kidding. Okay. Wow. There's like more of you than there are of us. So spirit parents, here's what I want to do. Parents, just spiritual parents, anyone, sons, daughter, anyone left out there who loves Jesus, can I see you? Because I can't really see you because I have my glasses. Come up here and start praying for these ones. Hey, do we have permission to lay hands on you? We'll be gentle. We won't do anything weird, hopefully. Okay, here we go. So guys, if I can get a bunch of you up here, let's just begin to lay hands. Speak life and goodness. Speak the positive over them, okay? Speak the goodness of God over this generation. If you need to go, we dismiss you. Hey, Tim, Cindy, if we could have you guys come up here, just help minister. 
I need like 30 more of you to come up here and make your way. Just, just say, excuse me, tap people in the back. Just move up here in front of them. Here, guys, let's do this. A bunch of you guys move down that way, young adults. Move that way so we can make room. Okay. Hey, Joe, Kim, can you guys come up and start praying for people? Yeah, Vicki, if you guys can, Vanna. Hey, Dina, would you mind coming up and helping pray for some of these guys? Anyone else who wants to pray, come up. People are praying for you. This is us. I have a word to release over you this morning. Psalms, 5, Psalms 90, 15. We have been overwhelmed with grief. Come now and overwhelm us with gladness. We place our years of trouble with decades of delight. So, Father, we thank you for this next generation that they will release with decades of delight. And I release this sound over you to come into a place of surrender, a place of delight for the Lord. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anyone in his name, his word is in my heart like fire, and a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding, of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Father, I release Jeremiah 20, verse 9, over this young people, God. I pray that your word will be like fire in their hearts, God. And it will be shut up in their bones, God. And they will not be able to hold it in, God. But indeed, Father God, that your word will go forth like fire, God. They will decree your word, God. They will not be ashamed. They will fear not, Father God. But they will run with your word, with your truth, oh God. That the sword of the Spirit will be in their hands, oh God. That it will be 
ask for your fire, God. Come on, raise your hands. Receive his fire. To run with his fire. Fire fall like rain now. And I hear the Lord saying, fear not his fire. Fear not his fire. For you have been commissioned in this hour to go forth as arrows in Papa Daddy's hand. You are arrows of fire. Go. Be courageous. Go and do what he says. I hear the Lord saying that he has put visions in your hearts and dreams. And he's saying this is the day to go forth and do what I have said you to do. For I've gone before you, prepared a way for you. This is the hour that I am opening doors supernaturally for you. Step in it. Embrace it in this hour, says the Lord. I have anointed you and appointed you in this hour. Go forth, my sons and daughters. You are anointed of me. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord spoke to me very clearly that we are going forward and these young people are really going to do the heavy lifting. However, specifically, there's a handful of men here that he is going to give you the spirit of Caleb, of Joshua, that you're going to be side by side with some of these young men, young women, taking the land. Many of you have been waiting, and it's just not their day. It's your day as well, okay? So we receive that, Lord. As one of those guys, I receive it, Lord. Lord, the fathers in this house, we receive that word. We're taking our mountain. We're going to take our mountain with these guys. Hey, Tori, I'm going to just have you as our young adult pastor, just pray, consecrate us, call us into what the Lord has. Father, we give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you, God. Father, we're desperate for your presence. Oh, God, we need you. We want you, Jesus. Here we are, your beloved ones, the generation who's pursuing you, the generation that you've called out of pornography addiction. 
out of drug and alcohol abuse. Oh God, we want you. We want your kingdom. Oh God, we give ourselves to you. Father, I ask right now that you would release grace, grace upon every heart and every mind to give ourselves to you. Father, I ask that you would rearrange work schedules, rearrange school schedules. Would you give us hours in that prayer room before you? Would you give us eyes to see you, Jesus? Oh, we want you. We're sick of just going about our lives, wandering, lost in the wilderness and the desert. Father, would you give us direction? Would you give us grace? to seek your face, God. Would this generation be the mark of a new era, a new realm, a new reality of Christianity? Would you release it in this house, God? Would you change the understanding and expression of Christianity in this generation, God? Would you use the willing hearts, the hungry hearts to say yes to you? Would you use us, God? God, here we are. We say yes, we say yes to all that you have for us. We won't let fear bind us. We won't let division divide us. That spirit that's on our backs, we reject it right now in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would let love abound still more and more. Let love abound still more and more. Would you let love be the mark of this house? an unoffended generation who's longing for your return. Here we are, Jesus. Okay, I just believe there's more he wants to do. I just, I feel like this, he wants a spirit of fire to fall. I just see a holy fire consuming. Actually, this isn't just for the young adults. This is for all of us. So I'm just going to pray for the spirit of burning. It's like when, when the fire fell on the early church at Pentecost fire. I just feel like there's a spirit of fire he wants to bring here. Feel free to yell, shout, groan, pray in tongues, however you want to, but we're just going to press into this. So come with me on this journey. Lord, I pray, let your fire fall in this place, Lord. Spirit of burning! Spirit of burning! Spirit of burning, fall. Fall on these hungry ones, God. Fall on the sons and daughters. Spirit of burning. Spirit of fire. Enabling fire. The Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit fall in this place. Bring us to a new era. Bring us into a new era, Lord. We're going for the ark. We're going after you, Lord. Here we are. Here we are, Lord. Fall on us. Spirit of burning. Spirit of burning. Let's just begin to sing out in the spirit. Just begin to sing to the Lord a new song. The word says sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Just begin to sing out. Spirit of 
guys I just see I just see the Lord giving these young ones a gift a wall of fire around them so can you imagine guys listen to me for a minute can you imagine the temptation that they as young adults face in this digital age imagine daily what these holy ones have to contend with let alone all the accusation and all this stuff we're gonna ask the Lord to be a wall of fire around us to keep out the enemy Lord, I ask you, would you be a wall of fire around us, especially our young adults, Lord? Would you fight for them, fight for these ones that we love to keep them holy and pure, blameless before you, Lord? Give us the gift of your wall of fire, of protection around them. Lord, I pray that this young adult group would be a pornography-free group, a pornography-free group. God, I pray for mass deliverance from pornography right now, God. Mass deliverance from vanity, from fantasy. Mass deliverance from pornography in the name of Jesus. Wow, come on. Come on. <laughs> wow, come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Father. Do what you love to do. Lord, I pray, let this group be 100% free from depression in the name of Jesus. 100% free from trauma and cutting from manic nightmares in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so guys, here's how we're going to close out today. The very first word we got this morning was no one left behind. I just encourage you to just grab a friend's hand right by you. Now, Ashley just felt like we, we needed to be in unity. On the count of three, we're going to say this. We're, this is going to be our benediction, okay? On the count of three, we're going to shout out together the word as one. Okay, it's an old revivalist phrase, as one, okay? And then you will be dismissed, however you dismiss revival. Okay, here we go. Taking it out, that's absolutely yes. Okay, here we go. The count of three, as, as one. One, two, three. As one. Amen, God bless you guys.
Hey, okay, hey guys, sir, anyone who wants to, you young adults, we want to pray over the oaks. So any of you guys who are just still feeling the anointing, you should be, come up and pray for these guys. Okay, guys, if we can have like 10, 15 of you guys come up here and pray for these guys.